So at the end of, end of in earlier Dece- December, I think I preached on uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing I want, us, I want us to be, I want us to be a community who's full of the Spirit. Because if we're full of the Spirit, what is going to happen? We're going to operate in power. We're going to operate in the Spirit of Jesus. And then the other scripture was Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. And this says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you and I do, we must be doing it in Him, with Him, through Him and unto Him. We need to be giving thanks for it. So tomorrow, Lee, when you go off to the building site, you're going with Jesus. That's what the Lord has called you to do. Your your job is to build buildings and make houses. And you've done a beautiful job at my home uh, a couple of months back. Magnificent. And you and we do everything we do. We do for the glory of God. So if you're if you're a teacher, Sue, you're a teacher. Sorry, I always pick on you. You you're a teacher. You go. You you've got a new a new class this year. You do it with Jesus and for Jesus, and you bring Jesus, and, I, and, and you do, and we, and we know that because we hear the testimony of uh, the boys who say they learn more about science and more about Jesus than science, and they learn a lot about science. They all get A's. Just about every single person gets an A that's uh, under, under, under Sue. So, let the Word of Christ Dwell richly in your hearts. Be full of the Spirit and let the Word of Christ dwell richly in your hearts. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm after. I'm after the Word of God dwelling richly in our hearts. I think many of you may have made a New Year's resolution. You may have come to the beginning of the year and say, it's a new year. I'm going to start a new Bible reading plan. And all the electronic Bible plans have got a host of different uh, uh, plans that you can read the Bible in a year. And that's wonderful. It's wonderful to, 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 to do that. But if you're probably like me, it's, uh, what is the date today? The 15th, 15th. You're probably behind already. It's, it's, it's amazing how, how so easy it is to get, get behind. But today I want to have a look at us, uh, the Word. I want to look at the, the Word as the sword. That's why I asked Daryl to bring a sword. It's a beautiful sword. This. It's very sharp, so I'm not going to let any, any of... I shouldn't be playing with this because I'm liable to cut myself. But uh, we, we need to be using the word. We need to be using the sword. I'll get there just now. I'll get there just now. So then on the 8th I preached. I think it was the 8th or the, well, first I preached. And the plan and purpose for God in your life 
is to be conformed into His image. That's what He wants. He wants you to be like Jesus. You know, sometimes we make this thing very complicated. But what were the two greatest commandments He gave? He said, love your Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And for us to do that, we have to be conformed into His image. We have to become like Him. My goal is that the end of 2017 is that I reflect Jesus more in the context of life, in the context of pressure, in the context we, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in this holy little hubble. Huddle, not hubble. Bubble. Hubble, bubble, doyle and trouble. Okay. <laughs> we, we live in that kind of, in that cauldron around us. And as I, as I see the world and where the world is at, and the darkness that, that, that is around. I know that we need to reflect Jesus more. And so my prayer is that the Lord would light a fire in each of us. For the sake of the world, the world needs to see Jesus. The, need, the world needs to see you and I so passionate and so in love with Jesus. That they can see that there's something different in us. The beauty of the gospel, the beauty, beauty of the good news, and Daryl led us to the table, is that the, 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 good, the gospel brings us peace. We had peace with God because of what Jesus, Jesus did on the cross. And I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says we are new creations. New creations. It says we are holy, we are saints. That's who you and I are. are. And so the, the scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 the scripture which Paul, the apostle, you think of all he did and all he was, and, and uh, I mean, he wrote large portions of, of, this, of, the, of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, this, and his grace toward me was not, on, not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I. Though it was not I, but the grace of God in, in me, that is within me. So we have been given the grace of God. We have new creations. We are, we are holy. We are righteous. And that's our state. And when you are born again, that's who you are. We, we are in Christ. Christ is in us. All those beautiful things. But how are we going to steward that? How are we going to be intentional about, about that? How are we going to... Delve into the scriptures and see what, what the new birth is all about and what the inheritance we have is. And so we need to be intentional. Block off some time in your day to spend some time in the Word. Just, you, just get away somewhere. And whether it's you're reading a Bible plan or, you, or you're just going slowly through a chapter and you read a chapter and you try and get the nuances of it, I started this year off just reading a chapter with uh, some Bible study notes and just, just feeding on it and enriching, letting it enrich my life. And it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Because it gives me a different perspective, a different outlook on life. So you guys, the good news. We have got great news for you today. We have obtained an inheritance in Him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. We have an obtained inheritance in Him. 
It's in him. You guys have an inheritance. Now, if somebody that you knew, probably most of us, some gazillionaire died, and you happen to be Zolani, the sole heir, and uh, you get given everything that that person owes. Let's say it was Bill Gates. You, you, get, you get given everything. You have an inheritance. Let me tell you something you're going to be interested in. You're going to be interested in the will. You're going to be interested in what it, what it means. What properties do I now suddenly own? What islands do I own? Uh, uh, how, how much is, is in, in my bank account? All the, you, you're going to read that will. You're going to be interested in it. <laughs> and then the relatives will come and, and want it all from you. But we have an inheritance in Jesus. Know that. Know that today. And the, how do we find out what it's all about? The, the main way is in the Word. We need to be intentional about the Word. And the more we, the more we understand the Word, the more the Word becomes a part of us, the more we will walk according to His purposes. So when we turn to the Scriptures, the Scriptures are all about Jesus. And when we find Jesus in the Scripture, it's like finding Wally in those little children's books where you had to find Wally. And there were lots of little things. We've got to find Jesus. We've got to find Jesus in every page of the Scripture. And let Jesus speak to us. Because as we read the Scriptures, we'll find more of Jesus. We'll fall more in love with Jesus. We'll understand the, the glory and the magnificence of God, who we've been worshipping this morning. As we understand that more, we, the, our, our worship will, will be that much richer. Because we have come to understand more of God. And that's my journey that's my hope, is that I would experience more of Jesus. So the Scriptures are just wonderful. And uh, the Scriptures bring truth. Scriptures are a source of truth. Jesus said, what did He say? He says, the, the truth will set you free. The truth. As we see Him, and as we see Him in the, in the Scriptures, we will be set free. The Spirit and, the, and truth. It's always the Spirit and truth. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there, is, there is truth. There is freedom. There is freedom. And so the Scripture is important to you and I. Because it is a source of our growth. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, Desire the pure milk of the, war, of the word, that you may grow and you might find truth, that you might grow. Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? We do. We want to grow. We, wanna, we want more of Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. Then the way, one of the ways to grow is to feed on the Scriptures, or feed on the Word. One of the other things that the Word does in Psalm 119, verse 11, says, Deep within me I have hidden your Word, so you hide the word of the Lord in our hearts. Let the word of the Lord richly dwell in our hearts. 
What happens? What's one of the consequences? That I might not sin against you. So that's one of the consequences of hiding the Word of God in in our hearts. The Word of God is the, the Scriptures are a source of power. I want to be powerful. I want to be powerful. And so Paul says that in Romans 1 verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. That's what the word of God does to your life and to my life. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, it's, uh, The word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And this is a sharp two-edged sword. And we need to be wielding our sword. You want to be blessed, you want to be happy. Who wants to be happy? Who wants to be blessed yeah? I see those hands. What a great altar call. What a, yeah, everybody wants to do that. Then one of, the, one of the ways of doing that is that we need to hear the Word of God. It says in Luke chapter 11, verse 22, 28, Happy are those, happy are they who hear the Word of God and obey it. So we, we need to hear the Word of God and we need to obey it. As we hear, what happens when we hear the Word of God as well? Our faith is built up. We can face the world because we know the income. We know our inheritance. We know our inheritance when we go and be with the Lord and we know that we can make a difference here now and now in 2017 at uh, Sarepta, at Pick and Pay, at wherever you go. You and I can... can, can, can be secure and, and just, uh, just enjoy our King because of what it says about you and I Yeah, We've been given the Holy Spirit a deposit, a deposit, a down payment of the future. A d- down payment. Happy are those that hear the word of God and obey it. Remember the two on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is walking along with them. They're in despair because Jesus is being crucified. They don't recognize him. And he's opening the scriptures to them and he's saying what, might, what, what happened. And uh, what was their response afterwards when they realized this was Jesus? They said, did not our hearts burn within us as he explained the scriptures? This is a burning of joy into our hearts. So at team meeting, last week we had uh, uh, Anne Klegel shared a, a little picture, an impression that she had of a pile of swords. Just lying around. Some were even rusty. They weren't as well looked after as Daryl's sword. There's a big pile of swords and, and the church was worshipping off to the side. The, the church was having a party. The church was dancing and having fun. The, the church was patting themselves on, on the back. And what the church wasn't realizing was that the enemy was trying to steal the sword. And without the sword, we are defenseless. Without the sword, which is both an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon, 
we, we are going to be lost. So we need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you have a look at that picture in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God. Why does Paul say that? Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. The battle is raging. We need to put on the full armor of God. We need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of the gospel and we need to uh, put up the shield of faith and we, and we need the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. We need it. The word sword is in the Greek and I, I can't pronounce Greek but is mancheria. A very common word in Greek and is used a number of times in the New Testament. And it refers to a small sword. A small sword, anything from 18 inches to maybe a foot long. Even falling into the category of dagger. Every Roman soldier would have one of these on him at all times. That's why whenever you see me, you see me with my sword. But I'm in trouble if it takes me so long to get it out. <laughs> but that's the sword. That's the sword that cut off uh, the Romans. <laughs> the, that Roman, uh, yeah, that was, that was the kind of thing. And we need to have our sword sharpened. And we need to be ready for whatever the Lord has for us. And it's a battle. Every Roman soldier, soldier would have had one of these. We need to, be, to have our word in our, in our sheath, ready to take it out at any time. Ready to take it out. So to have it ready, what, is that, what does that imply? That implies that we, we know it. Not only do we know it, but we live it. So it's all very well to live it, to, to know it, but if we don't live it, when we say we believe, it's belive. If you ever, ever read the word be, believe, actually make it belive. Because if we say you believe in something, you have to live it out. So we hold up this shield of faith. We believe and we trust. But the enemy is shooting dots all the time at us, fiery dots. He's cunning. He's trying to trying to get us off our perch. He's trying to uh, let us, make us lose our, our, our faith, our effectiveness. And sometimes these fiery dots get through and they strike us in, the, in our minds. And we, this doubt comes in. I'm, anybody here doubted? I think we could all put our hands up. Every now and again, the, there will be a doubt. And, and what do you do with the doubt? Yeah, you come with it with the, with the sword of the word. So the fiery dots come into our mind. <laughs> the dots lodge themselves. And what do we use the sword to? To dislodge the fiery dots. We cut out the dots. 
Put it down. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do with the Word of God. So the Word is a Spirit-given, spiritual, spiritual Word. I can't put it down. I can't put the Word down. That's what I want you to do. I <laughs> oh, the Word is... Sorry, I can't put the Word down. Because we're in a battle. And Christ-likeness is our pattern. I want to become like Jesus. That's the, that's the, that's the goal for, for, for me for the year, to be conformed into His image. I want to be like Him. So let's have a look at Jesus. I mean, we know this. We know this well. In Matthew, and, and, and Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness. Every time Satan came to him, what did he do? He responded with Scripture. It's worth a look, just take a quick look. Satan comes to him in verse 3 and says, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. The temptation Jesus was facing was to disobey God. To take authority, to to disregard what God had planned. And grab some satisfaction for himself. He deserved it, of course. I'm I'm the son of God. I I should be able to do that. Satan came and said, if you are the son of God, why shouldn't you be, why should you be hungry? Why should you be 40 days and 40 nights without eating? You have a right to it. Jesus' response to that was, It is written. He goes back to the scriptures. It is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then he goes on to the next one, and it's, uh, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Throw yourself down. The pinnacle of the temple. Right at the top there. Throw yourself down. Don't you have a promise in the Old Testament which says that the angels will protect you? Jesus answered again, it says in Deuteronomy, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then he took him to a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms of the world, and said, you can have all these kingdoms. And man had given, us, had, had given uh, Satan the kingdom, so he had the, the authority to do that. And so there was a temptation, and and Jesus was going to get all the kingdoms. All the kingdoms belonged to him. But what Satan was saying, I'll give them to you now, so you can bypass the cross. Any kingdom which comes by bypassing the cross is a false kingdom. It's a kingdom which is going to fall. And again... Jesus' response is, Be gone, Satan. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. So this word, do you know the word? Remember the word is Jesus. This this is what the word is all about. Do you know Him intimately, personally? We have a look in the scriptures. There are a few people who knew the word well, but it didn't get them very far. 
Satan was one of those who knew the word well. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they carried more, Bible, more verses in their minds and mouths than anyone else. They knew it backwards, frontwards, uh, altogether. They quoted the law of God. They put heavy burdens on the, on, on the people. But Jesus was very harsh with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. I mean, the Sadducees, they were arguing about uh, resurrection and the dead and, and marriage and re, you know, all that stuff in, in, in heaven. And Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. We need to know the Scriptures and the power of God. So I'm just going to close just with a, a few th- thoughts of this, this book. This book, to some of us, might as well be written in Greek when we come to it. It's the divinely inspired Word of God, infallible, that, what are those words, Alex, inerrant, it's, 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 all, it's all that which he, he taught us a few, few about a month, a month ago. It's, it's the Word of God. But sometimes it might be, feel like Greek, but it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, so we, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And you don't have to be a Greek scholar. You, don't have, you can just be a simple old guy who got a, I, I managed to get him a trick, just. I had to only passed on a remark. I only passed on a remark. Failed one or two years along the way in varsity. But when I come to the Word of God, and you and I come to the Word of God, and you come to it, we need divine intervention. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us. We need it to be supernaturally open to us. So I want you, as you come to the Scriptures in this week ahead, tomorrow, I want you to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to open our understanding that we might know the Scriptures, that they might become part of us. Go back to Emmaus, the Emmaus Road story. The two disciples were, were, were baffled by all that had happened. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Slow of heart. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? In other words, what he was saying, he said, you haven't read the words of the prophets. You haven't read the scriptures with insight. You haven't seen that. When Jesus, when they broke bread, he was revealed. And they saw and they got so excited that they had had the best Bible study ever. You know, some people love to go to Thursday morning. This Thursday morning, Jonathan Leach is starting a Bible study at 10 o'clock again in, 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 in the office. So people love to come in here, Jonathan. But these two disciples had Jesus in the flesh walking alongside them, teaching them. And they were so excited. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us? Later he said to the eleven, These are my words. Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 45. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. Lord Jesus, 
please open my mind to understand the scripture. Please open, open that. And may your light shine in my heart that I might understand the scriptures. I think I'm going to, the last scripture of the day. It's amazing. It's amazing because it was part of my preach. And then last night we were listening to not Jackie Chan, Francis Chan, preaching. And uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. Let's come in a bit further there. Let's have a look. Uh, This is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesians. I do not cease to give thanks for, for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? I need my eyes of my heart to be opened. Did you know that your heart has eyes? That's what uh, Paul is saying. Our hearts have eyes and we need to see. We need to see Jesus. We need our hearts to be open to the wonders of who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. You know, as we were listening to that scripture, I was just blown away by the, the end part there. It said, What are the riches of his, inglorious, of his glorious inheritance in the saints? We inherit all the stuff. Life and hope and joy and peace and, and, and Jesus. And what does God inherit? You and I. We are God's inheritance. We are God's inheritance. We are his treasure. You are his treasure. And there's some treasures out there who don't know Jesus. And we need to be sharing the gospel with them. But let's, let's be excited today. Let's not leave our, our swords, our daggers in our sheaths. Let's have them ready, ready for battle. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the scriptures bring life. And I pray, Jesus, that you would open the eyes of our hearts. That, you would, uh, that we would see you in the scriptures. That, that they would just jump out of the page. We would be so excited by them. And not only would, would we be excited about them, but they would dwell richly in our hearts. That we would meditate on them and walk in them and, and enjoy them and, and live them. Because, Lord, the world needs to see what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would enlighten us as we read the Scriptures. That we would see you. That we would see your majesty. We would see your glory. 
Thank you, Jesus. Do that. I pray that for us as a community, that we would be men and women of the Word, that the Word would richly dwell in our hearts. Amen.